Hello and welcome to the Bahrain Grand Prix review at Back of the Grid podcast. I am your host Tom King and joined as always by my co-host Chris Evans and Stu Greenwood. Hello. Greetings. Hello. Um, I would just like to start this week's episode uh, by giving a mention of um, support to Billy Monger and his family who is a Formula 4 driver who's had a horrendous accident early this afternoon during what's been quite a busy race weekend with lots of disciplines going on but uh, it's just to say really all our thoughts go out to him and his family Um, he's been airlifted away with leg injuries but nobody knows how serious at the minute so yeah well wishes from us and and we hope you come out of it all right, Billis good luck with that yep yeah so um should we talk about qualifying first, or I don't know, where do we start with this one? Yeah, <laughs> big one. Just dip our toes into qualifying. Yeah. Bottas on pole. Bottas on pole. Mm. It was, uh, I mean, he looked pretty on, on it whole qualifying, actually, didn't he? It was only, um, Hamilton probably could have gone quicker if he hooked it all up, but he didn't, so. He had a little bit of a bad middle sector, didn't he, on that last lap? Yeah, <clears throat> I think, um... You could tell watching through qualifying that Bottas seemed to, with every new set of tyres, put a little bit less into them in sector one and was going faster and faster in sector three as a result. And it was sector three that pretty much got in pole, I think, wasn't it? What I saw that was interesting was um, during the Sky Sports coverage, they had like a little sort of almost a heat map of the circuit and it was sort of purple where on one side where Bottas was fastest. Yeah. And then it was purple on the other side where Hamilton was fastest around the lap. And what seemed really interesting was everywhere that Bottas was coming up as the purple faster car, he was it, it was corners, it was in the corners, like the final corner. And you know, the the analysis was really that if the uh, finish line was a little bit further down the straight, Hamilton might have got him because by the end of the start finish straight near near return one, Hamilton was sort of ahead at that Ooh. point in, in analysis. So that's very interesting. Um, I didn't see it. It's like two sort of differing setups almost between the two drivers. One preferring a, a more corner, or either that or two different driving styles, one or the other. Yeah, I think they definitely looked as though they'd gone from the race. It looked as though they'd gone in different directions on setup. I thought just just based on yeah. the tyre, but we'll get to that. yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, Renault looked like they were getting slightly on top of things and sort of maybe coming out as good midfield contenders with a 7th and a 10th for Hulkenberg and um, Palmer respectively I felt a little bit for Palmer because he popped up in the top 10 everyone oh that's really good and then Hulkenberg just smashed his time by like 6 tenths between them wasn't it I think yeah, I think it was. I haven't got the time in front of me, but it was around that sort yeah. of mark. And the the thing for me with Hulkenberg is he's always been a little bit like maybe Bottas was until he's got the Mercedes seat, which is a bit unfortunate to have not been looked at properly by some of the bigger yeah. dri- uh, bigger teams. Sorry. Um, and I don't know, maybe you slightly regretted moving to Renault when the <laughs> Mercedes seat popped up last yeah, year. Yeah, it's a... It's a- He's there for the future, isn't he? He's banking on in the next few years. Renault get their act together and are fine at the front again. Well, moving closer to a certain extent. In the right direction. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. this weekend they've gone in the right direction. You get the feeling from Hulkenberg being the sort of class of Hamilton's year almost that kind of he is, he is in a works team and this is the make or break move, I think, for Hulkenberg. Yeah, if definitely. he, doesn't, if he well, doesn't turn this into a, a, a sort of title challenging section of his career then you wonder where else he's going to find that he'll go and do LMP1 or something I reckon well I, he's I reckon, already won I, once hasn't he so yeah like I, I've got a just a feeling that he will if, if that doesn't turn into something and you know no other offers come up in one of the top two or three teams like a, I, I don't think you'd ever get in Red Bull if you don't come through the programme these days nah. but you know if a Ferrari or a Mercedes or something doesn't come up or that Renault doesn't turn into something challenging, then I can honestly see Hulkenberg thinking, I'm going to go do something where I can win titles. Yeah, um, definitely. And maybe do world endurance or something like that. Yeah, a bit of endurance racing. And as we've said, he's got form in that. <laughs> so we know he's good at it. Like, and, and that's it. I think winning that whilst racing a Formula One season 
kind of showed that the the kid's talented. You know, yeah, he's a he's a, a fast pedigree. lad, and I think the same will obviously be said if Alonso does well in uh, the Indy when he goes across this year. Yeah, mm. just I, I just like I like the fact that Formula One drivers are sort of taking the time out to go do these things last couple of years, and if they are winning these things that they go and do. It just kind of cements the fact that these twenty drivers on this grid are technically supposed to be twenty of the best in the world, yeah. if not the best. And if they can go jump to something else like that and and do that well, I think it just kind of cements that reputation that Formula One's got. Yeah, so. I agree. I think that's absolutely how, absolutely how it should be. It should be that if you are a Formula One driver, you're the best, and you can obviously they're never going to be all round drivers. There's disciplines that are different. Like you're not going to just go to rallycross and just suddenly be winning everything because it's just so different. Same with yeah. World Rally Championship. But <laughs> ask ask Raikkonen and Kubica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, if if you're going into yeah, there's absolutely Alonso going over to another single seater series should be able to compete from the outset. We yeah. just need. Um, I mean, Bernie was obviously always dead set against. F1 drivers even acknowledging that other series exist but hopefully Liberty will kind of see that actually it's not a bad idea and stop scheduling Monaco on the same weekend as the Indy 500 and stop scheduling races on the same weekend as um, Le Mans and stuff like that we say that that a lot don't we, hopefully Liberty Media will reverse this decision made by (laughs) (laughs) they've started to change some things though for the better which is good I mean, they actually seem to acknowledge that the internet exists now, which is progress. Yeah, yeah, that is progress. Good progress as well. It's great yeah. seeing in my Facebook feed all the Formula One gubbins coming yeah. up. Even the classic stuff, like the old racers, are really exciting to see some of the you know really classic bits of racing popping up. It's also fun interacting with the teams on Twitter as we now seem yeah. to start doing a little bit and the drivers <laughs> and stuff. Hmm. Uh, Force India liking our silly comments and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> even though we are quite mean about the way their car looks. Like a porpoise. <laughs> I'm going to be nice about them later, so it's okay. I'll make up for it. Yeah. Cool. It's all in jest, isn't it? So It is. It is. It's all just giggles. Um, Alonso actually got through to Q2 in qualifying. Um, blew the engine, but he got, <laughs> in, he got through to Q2. Um, it was an MGU issue or whatever, wasn't it? It was a, it was a power issue. I believe. Was, oh, I don't know. It, it's really hard to keep track of how many bits of yeah, yeah. have stopped working. Uh, I uh, I read blown engine, but I don't know whether. I mean, it's just so hard to tell with that team whether I mean, what's going on. What's what's yeah. going on? With it was it was engine difficulties, and yeah. which is the summary of just about every problem they've had <laughs> all year so far. Yeah. Which sadly puts him on his second engine in the space of three races. Yeah, and. As we'll cover in the race, Van Dorn's not looking too good in that department either. No. Um, which we'll cover more in a minute. Uh, and then the other weird thing that I saw was Bob Fernley got caught by Ted Kravitz on Sky Sports and just had a quick chat with him. And he basically said, everything between now and Barcelona is damage limitation um, because they're just waiting for new components. So whether or not they'll be testing any of that in Bahrain over the next couple of days, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, I don't know. But... It, it, just after the bad qualifying, it was interesting that it came out and said that, especially considering where they've ended up in the race again. Yeah, mm. it's, they did the same last year, didn't they? They kind of a few races in had like pretty much a B spec car. It's like yeah. their calendars like a couple of months <laughs> shifting into the past. It's like if you get get it together a couple of months early, you might hit the ground running in Australia. But we saw Bernie wandering around on the grid again. Yeah, he's um Ooh, he's good fun. friends with the old Bahraini royal family, so they invited him yeah. along. Apparently, had an office in the big tower thing at the end of the pits yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was it was good to see him. He had his usual little bit of banter with everyone around and stuff, and had a little chuckle. But he said it was nice to be on the grid and not having to work. Lad, because he because he worked so hard before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he's he's still about, at least, which I suppose means a bit of something to some people. Yeah. Uh, and then, as we were alluding to during the qualifying talk, uh, Van Dorn didn't even get to the grid after his third power unit failure of the year. So that's three in three races. Oh. And by uh, rule restrictions, you're only allowed four power units for the year. This fourth one better be good, then. Yeah. Yeah. 
whether, whether any of the other, the other two are repairable. Uh, they don't know about this third one yet. I don't know if either of the other two are repairable for them to bring them back in and use them again. But that's three power units gone in three races. And if a fourth goes in a fourth race, you're going to start to wonder, like, what is the point in Van Dorn turning up every week if your power unit's yeah. going to go every week and it's yeah. going to get penalties? That is as bad as it gets, really, isn't it? Yeah. It really, it really, really, really is. What are they, what are they going to do? What are, what are McLaren going to do now? They're going to have penalties. All season, they're going to have penalties yeah. because of this. It's just... And it, if... Sorry, Stu, if... Um, Alonso's on two out of four, like we were saying before as well. He's not going to be far off hitting that limit soon. Yeah. Here's a, here's a question. Ooh. If they take all those engine penalties at Monaco, does Jensen still have to have a grid penalty? Well, or they does he take have a set, set of engines for him? That's an interesting question. How that rule works, they, get, they get more engines. Because if that it if it's if it's um, engines per driver, they should just have like a rotating door on that car. Just <laughs> stick the every weekend. Yeah, that could work. Um, I don't know where the specifics are on that rule. Must to be honest, I, I would have to look. We'll look and we'll tweet about it and tell the world what we find out. I have a feeling it might be per car and not per I driver. So, which would be a real shame for Jensen if. If Jensen comes back and like, right, cheers for coming back. Uh, I wouldn't even bother qualifying because you've got a seventy-two <laughs> place penalty. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to get to that though. I, you can see it already this year for them. It is going to be another another year where I, mean, I can remember last year when we had like fifty odd grid grid place penalties. Yeah, some I mean, some of the drivers. I've rejigged the rules so it's not quite that stupid anymore. But even so, they're going to be back of the grid all over the place, aren't they? Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it'd be interesting as well to see if they try and do the Hamilton um, trick that was pulled last year by Mercedes, where he he cracked open three new engines in one weekend, didn't he? And he took a ridiculous number of penalties, like you were saying, and started from the back of the grid. Yeah, but that was he, Belgium, he wasn't stuck. It? Yeah, he stuck th- an engine in new in each free practice session or something, so that yeah. they popped three new engines, <laughs> took the penalty for each one, but then he had three engines for the rest of the season, for the final third of the season or whatever it was. I think they've closed that loophole now. I'm not sure exactly how, right. but they did. I remember reading that they stopped people doing that because it was a bit silly. Yeah, it sort of defeats the objective of the rule, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't um, think Mercedes are too bothered about that. <laughs> No, not Mercedes, no. sorry, not Mercedes. I don't think uh, <laughs> McLaren. McLaren are going to be too bothered about that at this stage. We've got bigger problems doing that. Yeah. Um, so into the race, anyway, since I we've mourned McLaren a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, more McLaren bashing. <laughs> yeah, no more McLaren bashing. Let's move forward until we get to Alonso's bit near the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so good little move from Palmer on lap one. Probably the best move of the opening lap, I want to say. Yeah, it was know. a pretty frenetic opening lap, wasn't it? There was people mm, chopping yeah. and changing all the place and going three wide through corners. Yeah. yeah, it was a nice little bit of light breaking, diving down the inside from Parma, but made it stick. Yeah, good to see yeah. him racing. Um, and just general bit of tussling around until we, we saw Magnussen drop out, which I want to say was um, an electronics failure. Just let me check my other notes. It was... Yeah, electrical faults put uh, Magnussen out uh, and that was lap 10 but other than that everyone seemed to be running alright and then it yeah, obviously, start, sort of turned to chaos after that didn't it yeah. in terms of retirements uh, after that one the only big change at the front I think was Vettel gate. actually no it was quite a few changes at the front Vettel obviously got past Hamilton into second and then uh, Verstappen managed to jump a couple of people he got up to fourth was he running I think actually yeah Verstappen had a good start yeah. he he was up he, he got past Ricciardo as well Um so, was, and he was running really well up until pretty much as usual everyone on the clean side had a good start and everyone on the dirty side had a pretty bad mm-hmm. start uh, but yeah the the Ferrari was definitely hounding Bottas through that opening section before the first pits uh, came around and yeah, definitely. Verstappen was sort of chasing him as well Verstappen looked promising at that point um it very much quick. seemed like Vettel was kind of holding station behind Bottas and not doing anything silly, and Hamilton was yeah. 
not really able to hang on to the back fell actually was he Ferrari very clearly had the game plan uh, which was obviously to to be those guys that paid first to to make everybody jump I think that I think that was their game plan from yeah. the word go after last year they had just a year of constant bad strategy decisions <laughs> like every single race they did something stupid and it just seems I don't know if they've got someone new in charge of it this year but they just seem to have been on it every race so far well what was almost a shame was they've made this good decision to dive in early and on lap 10 I think the the super softs were expected to probably go to about lap 15 on average that was where if you were doing a a, a change from super soft to soft you were yeah. expected to be coming in uh, and they dove in on lap 10 quite early to bring Vettel in and they, to be honest it, whether it was spur of the moment or not I suppose is a different thing but they found some really good space for him behind I think it was Perez he was yeah. behind, it was one of the fourth yeah. Indians um, and Verstappen being the quick witted kid he is saw that and said I want some of that we need to react to that Ferrari but you know bring me in so he was then in not not far behind him and we were looking like we we're going to have a five car race for the for the lead at one point yeah. and then Mr Verstappen lost brakes as he came out of the pits and unfortunately ended up in the wall. Mm. Yeah, it was a really weird one. It just sort of well obviously brake failure is always a weird one, but he actually hit the wall really softly, but it was sort of just enough to <laughs> Yeah. to knock his wing off. Yeah, he never would have made it better. Break fairly, you're out by that point. No, yeah. yeah, it was it was unfortunate because I think, other than what we had for the rest of the race, I think Verstappen could have been in the mix with Vettel and Hamilton and Co. Because uh, he did look really quick, I think, at that point. Yeah, we got yeah. robbed a little bit there, didn't we? we it happens I a lot, did. doesn't that, in Formula 1? But we, we, we talk a lot about what if, what if, because we do often seem to get robbed of these amazing sort of possibilities and mourn the loss of them. But saying that, we still got treated to a great race between Hamilton and Vettel. That then also, that Verstappen thing, was closely followed a few laps later by a daft moment between Sainz and Stroll. Yeah, it was like oh, everyone saw Verstappen and went, ooh, is that going to be a safety car? Is that not going to be a safety car? And Sainz and Stroll went, mm, we've got that. Hold yeah. my beer. <laughs> Hold my beer, we've got that covered. <laughs> All right, so I'm interested in what you guys think of this. So to, to me, I think it is on Sainz. I, I think what what you've got with this, from my opinion, is... Science is the one in the wrong because he's re-entering the track and diving down the inside of a driver on a normal lap. So to me, science is in the wrong, which is why he's got this three-place grid penalty. However, I think that if it was possibly anyone other than the likes of Stroll, sort of a rookie that's new to the track and stuff, they'd have known what was likely to happen before it happened and Stroll's not been in that position to know that but then to me science should have been looking at him and thinking this is Stroll I'm gonna have to give him some room he's you know he's not been here before he's not gonna expect this I'm just gonna yeah. have to back out of it and concede that's... Um, and I think that's why he's been given the grid penalty that's what I was gonna say it's like yes science doing that was a bit silly like if you come out the pitch side by side with someone fair enough have a go but he came from quite a way back I do think Stroll had just not bothered looking in his mirror well he said that he knew he was coming but I think by the time he was turning in he had stopped looking and just turned across the front of him yeah, yeah I think the biggest mistake of all is signs seeing who it was and thinking it was a good idea to have a go because it's oh, just yeah. it's like Maldonado you don't nobody ever did something too <laughs> silly against Maldonado because it was only going to end up one way. That's true, but I, I do I think there's a certain amount of a certain portion of blame due to, to land on the team because Williams should have warned Stroll about what was coming. He should have known well. that, that it's, yeah. it's down to the team to be on the radio to say to the driver, be careful, you've got science coming out of the pits. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's a you know, it's, it can't, you can't just blame the drivers, it's a team sport, it's down to them to tell him. I think I think I'm trying to put myself in Stroll's position from my point of view, and to me, I think I'd have sort of done what he did to a certain extent. I think I'd have maybe looked a little more and seen if he was actually coming at me. Yeah. But you could just imagine one of the more seasoned pros would have possibly turned in 
and then seen signs coming and kind of got out of it and got out of the way and forced themselves wide. And then it still looks bad on science at that point because they've yeah. practically forced him, whoever it is, off the track. Yeah. Um, and then you're both still in the race and you'll probably get the place back because they'll be told to give it you because they've come flying down the inside like that. The thing is, when you look, yeah. at, when you look on the onboard, like it's just a complete shock. You expect it to be one thing happen and then suddenly, oh, no, it's this. It's, yeah. You've just been hit. Out of nowhere, it yeah. felt like. I'd, I've, I've not, I've not listened to the interview. I've not heard what what's been said, but it definitely felt to me like it felt to me like at least science was at fault. Yeah, I mean they, yeah. they obviously blamed each other because racing yeah. drivers, but <laughs> that's what they do. Stroll was not happy. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he was. Um, livid, I haven't, I haven't seen a science interview since the race because we've obviously come on and done this fairly quick. But I've seen a Stroll one, and he was not impressed. No. Um, and he looks. The only worry I now have for him is he looked really defeated, and he was. It looked like three races, three DNFs. Even though, technically speaking, they've not really been directly his, or they've not been solely his fault. Anyway, no. he's. He looks like he's starting to just be a bit of a bad man, as in his. If he doesn't yeah. finish the fourth race, is it going to really start affecting his confidence and and ruin any? real chances got of being successful yeah the cracks in the are showing a little bit yeah the interview i saw at the end he was like i really hope my luck turns around soon it's like that's not a great attitude yeah. to have it's like you don't <clears throat> that the gods are willing against you and it's all bad luck mm. it's like and it's your rookie season as well like not everybody gets the lewis hamilton-esque rookie season no very few do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was what caused the safety car in the end. It wasn't Verstappen, it was that. Yeah, which uh, looked which, like it could have ruined Vettel's race, actually, because he'd pitted a few laps. It, it, was a worry, it was a worry, wasn't it? And this is the thing, we were, at the time, we were thinking, oh, is this going to cause trouble? But it sort of caused Merck to double stack because it just made more sense to get Bottas and Hamilton in at that time but they were too close together and it led to Hamilton being a little bit naughty and backing up Ricardo on the way into the pits you you called it live um, before anybody before they did on commentary before anything you (laughs) you called it and went he's just been backing Ricardo he's going to get in trouble for this here and I was like that's a good shout actually I didn't spot that first time around yeah I, I actually think that lost him the race like Okay, it was nip and tuck towards the end when he was chasing Vettel, but like he finished the race like six seconds behind, but he was within five seconds at one point, and he got a five second yeah. penalty. So the the other thing as well is that by backing Ricardo up, he gained absolutely nothing. Yeah, because... he wasn't even racing Ricardo. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. The only reason I can think of why he might have been slowing down was so that when he got to the pits, he wouldn't have to stand still for so long, waiting and cooling down and overheating the car. But even yeah. then, he can't get his pit stop until Bartas's was done. Yeah. Whether he turned yeah. up 10 seconds before or one second before, he's still getting in that pit box at mm, exactly yeah. the same time. Really, really silly. don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. Fluffed yep. it there. Yeah. High pressure situations, though, isn't it? Like it's that's a spur of the moment decision, I think, isn't it? Under yeah. a lot of pressure, and then so. he ends up behind, behind Ricardo anyway, so it was all for nothing. Yeah, academic yeah. in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. he just gained himself a five second penalty for it. But yeah. that did spice up uh, the the rest of the race, though, it somewhat. Did. Yeah, it, there was an interesting point where, like everybody except Mercedes, thought. Oh, he's on the soft tyre. He could go to the end and try and run this one out, and just just try and keep Vettel behind him. And you, I don't know. Everyone except Mercedes thought that was an option, and Mercedes were pretty much adamant over the radio through the entire stint of those soft tyres that you know push on him, you're coming back in. Push on him, you're coming yeah. back in. You've got a five second penalty when you could do come back. Tell him Bottas that. Uh, he's not stopped again yet, but when he does stop, he'll have a five-second penalty. Let him past and let him try and chase Vettel down to make up some time and stuff. And yeah, they just they were adamant that they weren't going to try and one-stop that race. Yeah, they just—it all seemed a bit frantic, didn't it? That it didn't seem the sort of solid strategy that they 
are normally on top of. It's, well, they're not it's normally under this amount of pressure, are they? No. It's, it's, this is the first time we've seen them really have another team hold a candle to them. Yeah. And maybe the cracks are starting to show in the strategy room at Mercedes as a result. Yeah, possibly. It it was, in a way, though, the, it, they were right, because if it wasn't for the five-second penalty, the asking Bottas to let him through because he was faster... Um, bringing him in and then putting him on a second set of softs and then letting him go for Vettel, <clears throat> all those things, if it wasn't for the five-second penalty, we would have probably had a, a two-lap battle for the lead for yeah. the last couple of laps. Mm. Uh, and so I suppose in the long run, whoever the strategy guy is saying, let's not one-stop this, let's two-stop it and put another set of these softs on, I think he's ultimately right, whoever, whoever made that call, because... It ne- if it wasn't for the penalty, it would have led to a literal direct battle between the two of them, I think, yeah. for the lead. Well, the way he was catching him after Vett- after Vettel stopped, he was taking like one and a half, two seconds out of him per lap. So yeah. there was no way he was ever going to be able to defend it, even if when he did catch up. Yeah, that's true. So they, they had to pit him. They had no choice. Even if even mm-hmm. if they were bluffing and, and, and they were sort of keeping their options open for whether to run him to the end or not, Vettel would have been by pretty quickly, I think. It did feel a lot to me like after the that double stack stop and the penalty that Mercedes sort of consolidated second and third with a small chance of a win rather than taking a risk to try and win it. Which I guess Yeah. You know, it's a long season, that's probably the smarter thing to do, but Yeah, damage limitation, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it, it felt a little bit like they've resided where gonna come second and third if could we try and catch him Let, let's at least give it a go but we're not expecting much um and i think there was an element from vettel to be honest even when hamilton was chasing him down and taking sort of 1.2 1.3 even 1.4 out of him per lap he was ultimately just biding his time saving those tires just running it out bit by bit and then if he did get past the traffic and it, it was Hamilton to Vettel very close, Vettel still got something left in the car and the tyres to to defend against him or, or pull away because there was a point where Hamilton kind of gave up and Vettel started putting in good times again and the gap started kind of growing back out for the last couple of laps. So I, I think Vettel still had a little bit of something left in yeah, the car. Yeah, it was a very he well-controlled race, wasn't it, yeah. from Vettel's side of it yeah. at that point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'd... I'd do kind of wish Verstappen had been in the mix for that because it'd have been really interesting just to see him trying to get himself in between the two of them or even take them both on. Yeah, do you definitely. think? Do you, do you think Science would have been uh, sorry? Do you think um, Verstappen would have been right up there at the end? Uh, I think it's tough to say because the thing with Ricardo had a bad stint on the soft tyres; he was struggling to get heat into them. So maybe Verstappen, when he was on those, would have had similar problems and it would have caused him to lose time and it'd have been nowhere near. But for that opening sort of 10 to 15 lap stint or whatever before his issue, it was 10 laps actually, wasn't it, for Verstappen? But um, yeah, but on that opening stint, he was looking like he could take the fight to them because they'd got a good set aero set up yeah. for that particular yeah. track. It was definitely on him. Yeah, Raikkonen only finished two seconds behind Bottas and I feel like he'd probably have been in that mix with those two maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, who would you give the driver of the day to, chaps, do you think, on this one? Um, I mean, I'm tempted by Alonso just because, once again, he was doing things with that car that he shouldn't be able to do. I mean, there was that stretch where it was him, Palmer and Conviat just overtaking each other for what felt like 10 laps in a row just constantly. And Alonso just nice looked like he was having the time of his life doing that. <laughs> uh, right up until he retired on the last lap, but we'll come to that. <laughs> um, um, Pe- Perez went from 18th up to eight, uh, 7th um, in the race. Yeah, they were pretty anonymous, really, on TV, but the both four Cindy's actually were putting a really good drive. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 especially to get from where they did in qualifying, which is why I was saying that it was it surprised me in a way that Fernley said what he did about its damage limitation. Yet they've both obviously got into the points. To me, it looks like they've got good race pace and good race setup. They're just yeah. lacking 
a qualifying um, sort of pace, uh, like a single lap pace is maybe what they've not got at the minute. So Yeah, I mean, if this is what damage limitation looks like, then they're probably going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> I mean, Ocon, Ocon's got a point in his first three races in Formula 1, which is, you know, not an easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I think like the the official vote went to Vettel, which it's it's always it is always easy to give it to the winner, and it was quite controlled, and is he has driven a good race to to be where he was. Yeah. Um, he had the best strategy. But, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, the Perez thing is a good shout for me. I think I might jump on board with that. Sorry to hijack whichever of you said that it was stupid. No, absolutely yeah. not. I'm I'm glad you agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I can get on board with that as well. Let, let let's us book the trend and give it to Perez. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. We didn't see much of him, but he's obviously done something right through the race. So. Yeah, yeah. He seemed very happy afterwards. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about move of the day? Ooh, ooh, there's some good there, moves. There weren't many headline moves at the front, actually, were there this time? There was um. No, it was the midfield battles, yeah. really. Yeah. The, the battles over places like 10th and 11th and stuff, people fighting to get in the points is where it was interesting and dicey. Mm. Yeah, so mm. obviously there was, there was the Alonso-Kvyat-Palmer battle that went on for a while. There was mm. one when Alonso dived down the outside of Palmer on turn four and they went side by side for it, which was pretty good. Um, then there was one where Kvyat dived down the inside of Palmer from about half a mile back into turn one, which was pretty spectacular. That was a nice one. Uh, Raikkonen had a similar move to that on Massa. He did actually. Yeah, he came from quite a long way back into turn one, like DRS assisted, but still, yeah. still ballsy moves. <laughs> yeah, Raikkonen moaned about everything else with his car, but clearly his brakes still worked well. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wonder sometimes as well, just to point out about him. Um, is at what point do it does it become question that is there actually anything wrong with the car because he's he's, he's complaining about sort of things being down on power and and stuff but then again the team are on the radio saying we know something's wrong do this do the other it should hopefully bring it back to you so I suppose there's some a legitimate argument that he's got but yeah, I yeah. think what's what's uh, when you get those kind of technical gremlins in a car as well, it must make it very difficult to have faith in that car that it's going to do what yeah. you want it to do, which obviously doesn't make it any easier to gain lap time. So um, I feel for I feel for Raikkonen a bit at the minute. He's had all the he seems to have had all the trouble, and Vettel's had a fairly clean run. Yeah. Mm. But uh, move of the day though, um, I, I, I did appreciate the Alonso passing Palmer. I think I'm going to go with that personally, just the way yeah. the way that they, they carried it on through four and five, uh, side by side. Yeah, so I think go with that. Got is that a unanimous? That. Is that another unanimous decision oh, between us? Wow! Wow! God, we're boring, You'll... aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just at least at least we don't go with like the common consensus. We we make our own choices. We just all agree true. on those choices. Mm. And I know that we're all going to agree on the next one. <laughs> it's kind of only one answer, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Would Would you like your favourite piece of audio ever, Stu, to be played? Bring it. Hit me. Out of the race goes Pecky Inui. And Maldonado tries to go around the outside of it. They almost touch, but they're not quite. But it was he over. Oh, they hit! Outside, oh, Saddleton's in the wall. You can do it, Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I still, I still, I still <laughs> chuckle to myself. We've got so, some, we've um, actually picked up a few new new bits that we can throw into that this week. It's growing and growing. Yeah, yeah there's um, an, a similar sort of comment from Alonso this week, which was, what was it now? I've never driven with such a low power engine ever. <laughs> yeah, in my life. <laughs> and then the other one was, um, how are you doing on the tyres, Fernando? What do you want to do? Is like, just do whatever you want, mate. And that is literally what he said. Oh, I don't care what you do, mate. <laughs> wow, he did not care at that yeah. point. But that wasn't actually our uh, what the F are we doing here for the week. What the F are we doing here of the week would be the Stroll and Saints collision. Am I right in saying that? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah it's got to be. Yeah. Whoever yeah, you reg- blame. Regardless of who you blame it yeah, on. Yeah, whichever you blame it on, it was stupid all round. Yeah, yeah it was that. Did you see the... See the size of the hole it left inside the Williams? Yeah. yeah. It's a proper impact that was. Mm. 
Yeah. The way going that side pod was gone. It was weird. It must, it must be made of paper, that side pod, because it didn't seem the to be last, going that fast. It reminded me of um, Spa, it might have been 2010 or 11, I think, when um, Vettel was trying to pass Button into the final chicane. Oh. And just yes. lost it and squirmed around and just like nosed into the Yeah, and, you, and yeah. loads of steam came out. It was pretty much the same sort of thing there. Just a big old hole in the side of his car. Well, the main the main thing in the side pods is like radiators and stuff, yeah, isn't yeah. it? That's the main thing in there. So, I don't know. They're probably fairly hollow other than a radiator. So I guess once you're in it, you're just going to destroy <laughs> it, aren't you? <laughs> Especially like a speed, a speed. Doesn't matter what speed, just any. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to have to go to that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would just also like to point out, it is Ben Edwards, that screamy, shouty, Maldonado clip. <laughs> is it now? So well done. Well done, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I just thought we should give you credit for that because you're the only one that thought that. and You both thought of shot me down. How wrong you were. Yeah, like, no, there's no way it's Ben Edwards. Oh, yeah, it turns out it's going to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Um Ooh. Thanks. Well ben. done there. Uh, so, shall I do a quick park firm and just round up everyone's races so that we know where we're at? Quick run through. Let's do it. Yeah. It's in some sort of order. I don't know <laughs> what, but um, yeah, it's in some kind of order. So, starting with Sauber, um, Ericsson's retirement was down to a gearbox failure, which seemed to surprise his team. Um, he came on the radio and said, <laughs> gearbox problem. And then his engineer went, what? What's going on, mate? What? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but yeah, they seemed really surprised by it. Uh, Verline managed to come home in 11th, uh, almost earning points in the only time he's bothered to show up this season. <laughs> good, going, good going, Verline. He's actually been really good this weekend, hasn't he? Has, he has, hasn't he? He's, he has. He's earned his money this weekend. He's kind of proven why he is yeah, the protégé, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But oh, we'll, we'll see how it goes on. Scorn. You, you, you really spat that then. <laughs> I, just, I just don't like the way that he's not being here and just jumps in and does it. It just makes... Oh, Although he know. was very good at this track last year, wasn't he? For Mana. So maybe he just likes this track mm. a lot. That's true. Maybe That's true. maybe he hates Australia maybe. and China. So he didn't want to have a bad result yeah. there. Let, let's say as much as we can to possibly take credit away from him from doing well this weekend. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Pascal. No, we'll be right. nicer in the future. Um, with Haas, uh, Grosjean beat Hulkenberg to eighth with a little bit of an undercut in the pits towards the end of the race. Um, but Magnussen unfortunately retired, as we mentioned earlier, with just general electrical gremlins. Um, so Magnussen's not had a, a particularly stunning year so far. It's not has a great, it? great time of it so far, has he? Yeah. Which is a shame considering. The nice expectations when he was coming through McLaren and stuff like that. Yeah, well, it's, it's turned into another. It's, it's turned into what I think is a bit of a an Adrian Sutil sort of driver. Like he shows up with loads and loads and loads of promise, but somehow finds his way from an okay team down to a not so okay team, and mm. ends up sort of wallowing in the in the lower midfield. Are you saying he's now gonna? glass someone in a nightclub I was just about to say I hope he doesn't I hope he doesn't go like smashing people in the face uh, I'm not saying that but um, good yeah uh, he's, he's, he's not um, I don't know where to go from that even. Um, is he better than Bruno Senna let's compare it to the yardstick that uh, is Bruno Senna um, I don't know um, yes I want to say, because um, when he was in that McLaren, he was he was on the podium. Did he did he win a race? No, no, no. He was he was just a podium, wasn't he? Australia, yeah, but then he, again, he only got the one in Australia in his opening race. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, that, then there were sparks flew for a, a whole season. Well, in Bahrain actually, with between him and Button, because didn't he wasn't he giving Button a bit of a a run for his money and Button was like can you calm him down mm. over on the radio oh yeah uh, yeah I remember that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite funny so, yeah we'll do McLaren next um, it was a DNS for Van Dorn did not start uh, MGUH failure officially uh, so never even got out of the garage um, Alonso was running in 12th 
uh, and probably out driving the car again, but he retired with the final lap to go with an engine problem. And as you can tell by the tone of my voice, that was in inverted commas. <laughs> Uh, uh, because it's been speculated that he either just ran out of fuel because he intentionally ignored the instructions to conserve fuel because he was running low, or he's just retiring on purpose because he's not in the point, so he's not bothered, which is a weird one because he's kind of made an off-the-cuff comment to Spanish TV, apparently, along those lines, and... He's basically said, if I'm not in the points, I'm just going to put it in garage. <laughs> yeah, pretty much saying that like he doesn't really care about looking after fuel and looking after tyres and looking after engine. Yeah. He's just giving every single thing the car can give him for as long as possible. And if he's not got any points left by the end, he'll just retire it. I think fair play to him. I think he's in an absolute... Do- well, not, not a dog of a car, but he's got a dog of an engine. And he's... He's, he's got to put himself out there if he wants a decent drive in the future. If he's staying around in Formula One, he needs to show what he can do. And yeah, it's absolutely, shop window, isn't it? yeah, it's total shop window. We said it, I think, last week, and he's done that this week. He's raced wheel to wheel with some good drivers, and fair enough, in superior machinery in as much, well. Yeah, far superior machinery. And he was in the mix for a long time. He was in the mix. It was mm. only on the straights where they were, where he was losing out. If they can get some power into the car. Then and sort out the fuel issues and the vibration issues, and they've got. Then I think that would, if that had the Mercedes engine in it, that car, then I think it'd be up oh, there, right up there. Easy, really quick. It looks, doesn't it? It does in the corners. It look the way he takes people on in the corners. I think the chassis is there, and as we've discussed on previous weeks, both drivers are saying the chassis is good and it feels good in the corners. Mm. It's just that there's no power in the engine well, to, remember, to keep up with people. I can't remember who it was, but I've heard after the race today, apparently a couple of drivers of, of other teams have been saying, actually, yeah, like, cannot keep up with that McLaren through the corners. It's just that when you get to a straight, you get past it like it's standing still. So Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. It is a shame. It is. Uh, yeah, so moving on to Renault, uh, Hulkenberg came home ninth, and Palmer was 13th, despite... Uh, the good action on track for Palmer uh, ultimately didn't really have a huge amount of race pace in there, did they? Yeah, a bit worried about Palmer. <clears throat> you think? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Came home last on the road again. Yeah. Actually, yes, that's a good point. Um, he's, he's struggled so far this season. Um, he's def- well. He's, he's, he's openly said that he knows that everybody expects him to get rinsed by Nico Hulkenberg, which... Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't really be saying that out loud, I don't think. Especially if it is true. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to say it about yourself, yeah. <laughs> dear, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, so hopefully hopefully he can get it together. You know, I really want him to. I think he's a great, great British driver. Yeah, it was it was very good in GP two when he was in that. Yeah, really, really. I, I had I had high hopes. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. It was in it for a while before he won it. Yeah. But I still got there, and yeah. it was. There's been a lot of good drivers come through GP two in recent years, like Van Dorn and people and um, Kvyat. Oh no, Kvyat came straight from GP three actually. Didn't this? So that's not mm. quite right. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of good drivers come through that series, and so he's. I don't know. I just. It'd just be a shame to only have one British driver on the grid. Yeah. It's, Even if it is a championship contender. Is it too early to discuss sort of options for um, for Palmer for next year? Well, I was just going to say, is there anyone else in the Renault programme that would potentially replace him next year? It might be a way that um, Red Bull can get um, Gasly. Yeah, Gasly on the grid. Yeah, it really is. He way doing uh, Super Formula in Japan. in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing pretty well there as well. I think. I'm just trying to think who else there is. Because they, they haven't really got anyone. There's um, there's Aitken in GP3. Um and uh, I can't think of anyone else. Where do you think Palmer goes next year if he leaves Renault? 
if if mm. do, is is there a seat in Formula One for? Is there a Williams seat for for him next season? Do you it think? Depends. Depends what strings his dad can pull. I think. I think it's part and parcel. He's got connections with Renault, hasn't he? To do with Formula Renault, yeah. I believe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, there's a Palmer, is it, I think there's a Palmer Sport um, Formula Renault team. I believe I could be wrong. I've not watched it for. Are you saying years. that Joel and Palmer is going to go down and fate and race Formula Renault cars? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I just think that's maybe why he's where he, he is in the Renault team. As in, has he got any other connections that would get him elsewhere? Because I don't think he'd get a better seat than what he's got. Um, it might depend on. If other people move around and stuff like that, don't know. Yeah. Oh, what's um, what's Sorokin doing this year? Sergei Sorokin. Um, he, oh, that's a good show. He was pretty spectacular in GP two last year. I think he's got ties to. Oh, is he? I st- know oh, he's still in GP two. I think. Yeah, he didn't win the championship, so he stays. He's probably stayed on. I would have thought Sorokin. Sorokin is currently the reserve driver for Renault Sport Formula One. Oh, there, there we go. go. That's who there there's go. your answer, guys. We, we got there in the end. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd probably be Sorokin. And that would probably be a good shout, actually. Yeah, he yeah was... it'd be a sad shout, but a good one. Yeah. I think Palmer's got um, World Endurance Championship or Formula E written all over him, sadly. Yeah. Is he better than Bruno Senna? Mm. Have we been over that Ooh. one? Ooh, I don't know. I think... That's that's a tough one. Is he maybe he's maybe a little bit better than Bruno Senna? Bruno mm. Senna never won GP two, did he? So no. no, he didn't. So therefore, he yeah. is better than Bruno Senna. Yeah. <laughs> on on that subject, um, a friend of mine and Stu's has made us a <laughs> jingle for "Is he better than Bruno Senna?" Which I've not had really? time. Yeah, which I didn't have time to send you before this podcast, but we will have it ready for the next podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, love it. Um, Toro Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Toro Rosso. Saints obviously smashed into Stroll, giving him a three-place grid penalty for Russia. Uh, Kvyat finished twelfth, uh, and that pointless result sees Force India and Williams leapfrog them in constructors' championship standings. Oh, bad weekend all round, really, wasn't it for them? Mm. And obviously, uh, Mister Science has lost his. Interesting statistic that we presented last week of he was the lead driver out of the outside the top three teams. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, and then that brings us round to Force India themselves, who, yeah, despite Bob Fernley's comments saying they were damage limiting, um, Ocon got tenth for the third time in three races. Not too shabby. And uh, Perez with a good drive, as we've given drive of the day, to get up to seventh. Not much more to say. They weren't really eventful races for either of them, were they? It was just no, just solid, good stuff. standard, solid drives to get into the points. Yeah, yeah. It's worth pointing out that Perez is the only driver outside of the top four to finish all three races in the points this season. Statistics strikes again. <laughs> Love stats. We, should, we need a jingle for that. <laughs> so, so yeah, so statistics do um, So we've got. Two stats, both for the Force India guys. Ocon has finished 10th for all three races so far, making him quite possibly the most consistent driver on the grid. <laughs> uh, and Perez is now what Stu said. Oh, sorry, sorry. Ocon, yeah, Ocon. Ocon as well. So both Force India drivers, actually. Sorry, my, my stat was wrong. He, he, oh. he and Ocon are the only two force uh, are the only two drivers outside of the top four to, to finish every race in the points. <laughs> this is getting longer and longer, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Williams, um, Massa had a fairly quiet race, other than being overtaken by Raikkonen. Um, in terms of what we saw on TV, anyway, but he did finish sixth and scored some good points. And as I've already discussed, Stroll was destroyed <laughs> by science, or at least the side part of his car was. Uh, a lot of people criticise Williams for getting Massa back instead of someone more interesting, but if they didn't have him this season, they could well be on zero points now. Like, yeah. He has just come back and done exactly what they needed, which was just like solid results. Nothing spectacular, yeah. just solidly plugging away. Yeah. Um, 
it's why it was a good shout when yeah. when they realised that they were losing Bottas. I think it was their only option, really, either that or trying to persuade someone like Jensen to come and sit for them. I think they'd have had to get somebody that senior on the grid just to make sure that wherever possible they're kind of bringing home maximum points. Um, I mean, they could have dragged Paul Duresta back because he is their reserve driver, isn't he? But that's true. And to be honest... He's been in it for a good few years now, so... To be honest as well, if, you know, if Stroll really doesn't start getting his results, maybe he's worried. There that's why that. he's worried because he's concerned that Duresta could be stepping in. I'm sure Paul would love that chance. Yeah. And then we bulk up the British numbers. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great for to see Duresta on the grid. I think he's a, I always thought he was a top driver for Force India. Yeah, I always thought it was a bit unceremoniously kicked out the grid. Yeah, I agree. He, in fact, I, I dare say that he should be our benchmark for a good Formula 1 driver. Over Bruno Senna. Over Bruno Senna, yeah. But we've well, got a jingle now. <laughs> we've got a jingle for Bruno You've only Senna. just made the jingle and have changed <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. We'll keep Bruno just by virtue of the fact we've got a jingle. Sorry. Is he better than Bruno Senna? Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I was just looking at Bruno Senna's Wikipedia page just to check <laughs> where he finished in GP2, by the way, and he did actually finish second, in fairness to oh, did he? However, I've also noticed he's raced just about everything under the sun. Yeah. Yeah, he really uh, has. Which makes him a great benchmark. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is why he's a good benchmark. Asian Formula Renault, Formula BMW, British Formula 3, Masters of Formula 3, Maku Grand Prix, uh, Porsche Super Cup, GP2, Ferrari Challenge, uh, Le Mans, Formula One, World Endurance, uh, American Le Mans, Stock Car Brazil. Uh, what else is there? Formula E, obviously. Uh, more Stock Car Brazil, more Formula E, uh, International GT, uh, and WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, among many other yeah. things. If it's got wheels, he will drive it. He's a good benchmark. He, I think he is a really good benchmark. To be fair. <laughs> Let's move to Red Bull. Uh, fifth for Ricardo, who seemed to struggle a little bit with the softs early on after his first pit stop, which we were talking about before. Um, lost a lot of places because of that, and then was held up by Hamilton, um, but still gained on him in the pit stops anyway, just because of the stacking of Mercedes. Uh, Verstappen stuffed it, stuffed, <laughs> suffered his brake failure, and um, that. I think robbed us of a third yeah. challenger for a win, Stuff- or at least good good points. Stuffed it into the wall. <clears throat> Stuffed it into the wall. <laughs> um, I thought of his own. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, I'm just going to move on to Mercedes. Um, <laughs> Mercedes Bottas didn't have the ultimate pace of Vettel or Hamilton, uh, but did still manage to grab his podium spot in third. Uh, he struggled with high tyre pressures during one of his stints. Can't remember specifically it which. It was one. his first stint because one of Mercedes' generators broke down on the grid, which meant they couldn't bleed his tyres. Um, right. So he was just starting on completely the wrong tyre pressures. What? So there that's probably why he was quite slow in the first stint. I'm surprised they don't have backups on that. Usually they take yeah, like two of everything to the grid. Yeah, what, don't like, they? what, like a thumb? To put on the valve. <laughs> so I think it's not. It's a little bit more technical than. That. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine just an engineer sticking his finger in the valve yeah. and just going, "Okay, that seems about That'll right." <laughs> uh, but I said I don't know the exact amount, but it was more than one psi. You're talking decimal points though with psi's for performance. That is true. You yeah, that is true. So. Um, yeah, Hamilton was let through by Bottas twice as well, which Bottas didn't seem pleased with, but he did the bigger man thing and said, I just had to do what was right for the team. He was faster at the time, and if there was a chance for him to chase down the win and get more points for the team, then <clears throat> it's better for the team, which is generous, but um, I think that He'll be hoping to now go out and beat Lewis in Russia. He kind to, of just has to, to, doesn't he? Yeah, just to cement the fact that I am not a number two driver. Yeah. I, you know, he needs to. He needs to put in a good weekend. I mean, think, there's already that. people talking about whether Mercedes need to make that call already, which seems very premature to Whoa. me. Yeah, that's pretty premature. Yeah. Although, gone. You can see. I mean, it's pretty clear that Vettel's going to be scoring. 
the vast majority of points at Ferrari because Raikkonen mm. doesn't seem to be there. So if Bottas and Hamilton are taking points off each other all season, then it's Vettel's championship. You can kind of see the argument, but two races, three races in. Yeah, I think, I think what Bottas needs to do is is go to Russia and basically rinse Hamilton if he, if he's going to have any chance of sort of evening things out. As much as I see the the, the exact point that you're saying people are making, Stu, I, I agree with the point as as you do, but I think maybe before making a proper decision on that, we should maybe let him get to Europe, see where we are after a couple more races and we're sort of into the European stretch like Barcelona yeah. and then things will start to be falling into place as to what you'd expect for the rest of the year because upgrades will have come and we'll start seeing teams real true pace, you know, final pace for the rest of the season. So I think maybe that's where we, or they, should I say, should make the decision. I don't know. I I don't think they would ever make that decision, though, to be honest, given the way that they've always operated. Well, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think Mercedes, from just a quick uh, Hamilton point of view, pretty much shot himself in the foot with the Holden and Ricardo thing. Um and it just seemed to destroy, not destroy his race, but, I don't know, ruin his chances of getting Vettel. Because, as we said, at the one point, he was five seconds behind him, and that five seconds is what he cost himself. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, finally, to round off the grid, Ferrari, another win for Vettel, taking him into the lead of the championship, with Kimi fourth. Um, Kimi having issues with power with the car again and having to cycle through settings and things mid-race and not being too happy. Uh, but Vettel did come good after the threat from Hamilton. But, um, yeah, I think once it was clear Hamilton was definitely stopping a second time, it was always Vettel's race anyway. Once we knew for definite that's what was happening, I think that that gap just got too big and although Hamilton yeah. was quick, I don't think Vettel was ever really under too much threat. Don't know about you guys. No, yeah. I agree with that. I Pretty think Vettel nice controlled nice. it. Yeah. Vettel controlled it quite nice. Once he got that lead, and once, uh, once definitely once Hamilton had pitted, it was obviously Vettel's to lose at that point. I think um, he always he would have had on the radio in his ear. He would have had the times Hamilton was putting in. He was just managing that gap by the end. I think so. Um, so that then brings us to the predictions game. I've got uh, one more little stat for you. Oh, go on. Ooh. One more stat, because this is a stat that I think we should have a look at every week, because it's fun. Total overtakes this race, 48, <gasps> with yeah. DRS, a mere 18. Oh, excellent. That's great news. That's good. That's this good news. For and they say you can't overtake in Formula 1. I... Poppycock. Yeah, the, the lead up to this season with all the new rules, I complained and complained and complained that I'd got it wrong, and and I haven't. It looks like it's working quite well. Do I'm, we... I'm still happy with it as well because of the quality of it. The the lack of the DR, well, not the lack of, sorry, the majority being non-DRS pass, as mm-hmm. to me, says we're getting more quality, and we're getting this wheel-to-wheel racing through corners, and it is, like we said last week, making drivers have to make bold moves to get past people, and that's good. Quality over quantity. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the predictions then. Um, pole position predictions did not go well for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Chris, myself, and the guys from That's Live podcast all predicted Vettel. That didn't work. Uh, and Stu and James Hargreaves, who guest-hosted with me a couple of weeks ago while these two went on holiday, predicted Hamilton, and obviously that didn't come off. So zero mm. points for anyone in the pole sitter predictions. Um, however, winners, we did have three people predict predict even a correct winner. Uh, that was Chris, myself, and the guys from That's Life, because we were all banking on a Vettel double, weren't we? We were. So we all earned a point there. Um, first retirement now we had to work out a classification on the rules of our game at this point because Van Dorn never made it to the grid however that means he wasn't in retirement so even though he was the first casualty of the race he was not officially the first retirement 
Um, it was Magnuson with his electrical faults on lap 10. But nobody went with Magnuson. Uh, Chris had said Ericsson. I had said Van Dorn, so I was unfortunately very sad when <laughs> he didn't start. Uh, That's Life also said Van Dorn. And James Hargreaves had gone with Verline. And the only person that was close to being right was Stu, because Lance Stroll was taken out first out of all those people on that list. Boom. So Stu earned himself half a point at that Thank point. Thank you, Lance Stroll. Or Science, depends on how you're Or Science. Well, probably, yeah, <laughs> thank you, Science, actually. Were they... I'm not, I'm not going to say anything more because I don't really lose the half a point. <laughs> <laughs> um, the random driver, which was Lance Stroll, um, Chris and I were, again, hopeful of him getting in the points, which was unfortunate for us. <laughs> and we both said 10th. Um, now, there's a weird one here because James Hargreaves did say a DNF, but the way that we're working with the random driver is we kind of want the position they're classified in even if the DNF or, or kind of where they DNF and that was officially 14th I believe was it or was it no, a little it was. no no it was 16th sorry 17th oh, I'll get it right eventually <laughs> it was 17th uh, and the two people closest to that were Stu and the guys at That's Life podcast Dave and Tom and they were both said 12 Effort so points. that's a half Yay. point Half a point for Stu and half a point for Dave and Tom at Dad's Life. And then the last category is number of finishers. And luckily for me, Alonso is a classified finisher despite his retirement because he did more than 90% of the race, meaning there were 14 finishers classified. And I got that bang on. So you got. And you were all chuckling at me (laughs) saying, there'll be more than that. Well, you got lucky and unlucky because you were unlucky in the fact that Van Dorn doesn't count as the uh, as an official retirement because he didn't start the race. In order to retire from a race, you need to start it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but very lucky in the fact that you've got the right number of finishes. So well done. Well yeah, done, Tom. It's, it's tit for tat, I think, isn't it? There, the, yeah. the, the karma of the Van Dorn thing is equaled by Alonso being classified in 14th. Um, so what so are the... Yeah, st- mo- oh, I was just going to say most people were saying 16... Or if all of you said 16, except Stu. Yeah, I said 17. Optimistic. Mm. Um, So what are the standings, Tom? The standings are, Chris is still just in the lead with five points. No, I'm not. Uh, Oh, no. No, you're not, actually. (laughs) I (laughs) apologise. That's because your name's first on the list. That's throw me. Chris is no longer in the lead, but has five points. I, thanks to that, have now overtaken him, and I am on five and a half points. Uh, Stu is in third with three and a half points. The guys at That's Life Podcast are on three. And unfortunately, it's a pointless initial outing for James Hargreaves. Sorry, James. I was tempted to give him half a point for the DNF, but it's, yeah, we needed a number. We need a number. So remember to give us a number next time, James, if you compete again. And if anyone else is interested in joining in and making predictions, be sure to tweet them to us. You've yeah, got it's... back of the grid F1. Um, you can post them on our Facebook wall. Is it is that still a thing? Is it still a wall? Newsfeed, newsfeed, Tom. Newsfeed, the kids say these days. Okay, post it on our Facebook newsfeed. I think it's that. Is it that? <laughs> it better be now, you just made me correct. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, get in touch with us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just look for Back of the Grid and Back of the Grid F1 on Twitter. Uh, or you can always just follow uh, our blogs on backofthegrid.com and just stick a comment on the bottom when we talk about this stuff on the blog Um, I think what we'll be doing is we'll be doing a little bit of a news show over the next couple of days just to recap sort of bits of news related to other series and things like that it's a very busy week it has been a very busy week Uh, obviously big news in like Alonso going to do Indy, Jensen coming back um stuff that's gone on the F2 and World Endurance and stuff like that. And then there's obviously testing Tuesday and Wednesday. So we will do a little bit of a news show, just a short one, uh, which will be done Monday and then out ASAP. And then the week after that, we'll recap testing and probably do a look forward to Russia. How does that sound to you two? Sounds great. That's what we'll do then. 
Um, so that is it for another review from Back of the Grid. Uh, please remember to follow us on all social networky stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with you ASAP with a little bit of a news roundup, and then I look forward to testing, and then eventually Russia. Do you want to say goodbye, guys? Go on then. Bye. The next news died. Oh, we've lost Stu. I've actually lost you. Oh well, he's he's already said goodbye. Bye, Stu. <laughs> <laughs>